0: you are listening to the indie game development podcast show sponsored by curiosoft kids games and the letter e visit the indie game development podcast site at www.indiegamepod.com hello hi welcome to the indie game development podcast show how about you introduce yourself
1: well, hello. My name's Tom Scott. I'm from York in England, uh, and I designed Real World Racer, a load of other games, and I'm also currently and accidentally uh, student union president at the University of York. Okay.
0: And how did you get into indie game development?
1: Um, mostly, <laughs> mostly by accident, as with most things I do. I tend to get ideas rather than trying to go into you know certain fields. I just one one day, some idea will spark itself into my head and I'll think oh God, I'll go out and build that and I'll spend a few hours or a few days putting something together and if it works great if it doesn't well set it aside something else will be along in a minute
0: okay and um so you got some game ideas then I take it and how did you um how did you motivate yourself to do stuff quickly because I know that some other game developers they get an idea they'll put it on hold or they you know they'll just work on other stuff instead of the actual idea that they have
1: I tend to find if that that's I tend to find that's a good barometer for whether the, whether the idea is good enough. If it's a good idea and it's something I should go with, then generally I I find myself kind of compelled to code it. I'll sit down and just type for a while, and and test it. And in this case, you know, swear at JavaScript for a very very long time. Um, but after a few days, I'll put it together. Um, the really handy thing when I was de- when I was designing Real World Racer is I was I was actually uh, kind of on vacation. I was in uh, Helsinki for three months um, and found myself with a week to spare, with a laptop, an internet connection, and a nice sort of sunny beach to sit on for a while. And so that's that's where I did it when I had very little else to do for a bit for a while. Okay, for the
0: audience, can you talk about what Real World Racer is?
1: It's a racing game designed around the Google Maps engine. So it uses uh, the standard Google Maps interface and the markers that you normally see. Um, you normally see, of course, little red uh, spikes that get driven into the ground on Google's Maps. Uh, they're replaced with cars, and uh, the the polylines that normally make up uh, street directions become the actual racetrack. So you go along, you hit checkpoints, you reach the end, and at the same time there's very, very rudimentary JavaScript AI cars racing against you.
0: Okay, and so, so you were in Helsinki. Uh, you know, when did you get inspired by this idea? And um, you know, what compelled you? Why did you feel that it was going to be really interesting to do?
1: I'm not entirely sure. I, I never am with ideas like this. Um, I've been working on the Google Maps API for something else. Actually, I do remember. Yes, I was trying to, I was trying to find the. The uh, JavaScript um, routine required to move markers on the map, uh, rather than sort of destroy them and recreate them, um, Google had added this really really efficient move marker thing, and something just popped into my head that I could use this as a as a game, and the initial thought was um, a kind of a battleships risk type, ge- type game, naval command, and that just after a couple of minutes. Change itself into a car racing game, because then I saw the driving directions API and all these other things, and everything just came together, and I thought, yes, I'm going to build that. It's going to be great. Okay.
0: And so you had a week there, and you just spent a week then
1: building it? Or what was the process? Uh, Pretty much. um, Where I was, um, my girlfriend at the time had uh, had got an internship at a company in Helsinki, uh, because I'm from England, and she said, do you want to go over for the ride? Uh, I thought, you know, may as well. So I basically had, had an apartment to myself, nine to five each day. And, you know, a nice nice sort of little island off the coast of of uh, Finland to, to walk around, which was, all, which was lovely. Um, but it did mean that, that I had plenty of time for ideas to spark into my head and for ideas to get written. And when, when you do have, you know, a net connection uh, – by the way, Finnish broadband is amazing. It was it was something like 10 megabits a second for some stupidly low amount. Um, so when you have a really good internet connection and a laptop and nothing to do for a few hours, then, yeah, I, I put it together. Um, do you find – you mentioned
0: that you were traveling at this time when you got the idea. I mean, do you find that traveling and, um, you know, just – getting out of England actually helps you with the creative process? Or how does that work? Because some of the other game developers I've interviewed have mentioned that some of the breakthrough ideas that they've gotten have come from when they're actually just traveling around.
1: Yeah, there are are two places I tend to get my ideas from. And if you'd you'd asked me this a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have known the answer. Um, But the two places are travel, for one, but obviously that's really expensive, so I don't get to do it all that often. Um, And from friends. And the most... The most important thing I can find for sparking off creativity is just being with people and just chucking ideas back and forth. And if you think of something, run it past them, see if it works. And if it gets a laugh, if it gets some interest, go for it. And if it doesn't, then don't worry about it.
0: Okay, so so your friends have to laugh at it for it to be uh,
1: passable. That's certainly for a, lot of the vid- for a lot of the video stuff I do. It's, it's not just game development. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. That's true. But just uh, interest in things like that. I have, I have something, um, I did a talk at, uh, have you heard of Bar Camps?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: I, I, um, I help run Bar Camp Leeds, and I've been to a load of the London ones over here in Manchester and Sheffield and all over the place. And um, I did a talk about uh, getting your ideas out of your head and onto the, onto the web and the idea i've come up with is something called the effort to awesome ratio so you are so along along the x axis you've got uh, not much effort little bit of effort a lot of effort and along the y axis you've got a uh, little bit awesome kind of awesome really awesome and if the effort outweighs the awesome you don't do it and if the awesome outweighs the effort you do do it and it's a really a really fuzzy subjective way of doing it but that's generally how i how i working out whether to do something or not. I mean, there were are, are wonderful ideas. Yeah. Um, I forget what... Um, someone came up with... Something. That was it. Someone wanted to do a, um, a version of Portal. You know the, the, you oh, know yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, only they wanted to do it as kind of a, a video thing. Okay. So rather, rather than a game, I think they wanted to do Jackass with portals. <laughs> So, I mean, obviously, uh, staged, scripted CGI stuff, and that would be really cool, but the amount of effort required to get the CG looking good isn't worth it. Now, on the other hand, when someone says uh, we should do Mario Kart in real life, well, okay, yeah, we can do that, because that just requires a few cobbled-together carts, a few banana skins and water balloons, and you can probably pull something together in a a day or so. And if it doesn't work, there's not been that much effort invested. So unless it's, unless it's an incredibly awesome idea, unless it's the best idea I've had in years, it, it's it got to pass that test. Okay. So going back to the
0: Google Maps game, did you mm. run it by your friends before you got started, or did you just make it and then show it to your friends? Uh, how was that process?
1: Well, because I was on my own, traveling at the time, and I had the spare time to do it, I thought, I'll chuck this out. You know, the, the worst thing that can happen is that it gets ignored, and I've wasted a few days putting it together. But... It kind of had all the signs from the start. Occasionally, if you get an idea and you kind of know it's probably a good one, do you get yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. That just hit me, and I thought that's that's a brilliant one. That that that's going to spread. And for a while it didn't. For a while it just sat there on my site, despite getting a couple of links. Okay. And then, um, then after about seven, eight months, something like that, um, it got linked to by. Um, <laughs> How, how can I phrase this delicately? Uh, an an, an, an adult-oriented site in Spain. <laughs> um, 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 that got something like 50,000 hits in a day, which was ridiculous. Um, I'm not entirely sure if there was a connection, but two days later it showed up in a German newspaper. I'm not sure if those two are connected. I don't know if someone in Germany was kind of looking around some parts of the web they maybe shouldn't have been at work, uh, came across this and, and it was Der Spiegel, I think. Uh, apologies to any German listeners, I'm no doubt completely mispronouncing that. Um, they, uh, they linked to it in one of their web columns and of course then, then it went from there. Okay. But the trouble was, I had all this traffic coming in, I had all these people playing the games, and very few of them spoke fluent English. So I got very little feedback on the game other than this, this hit counter that was going off the charts.
0: Okay. Um, so you're saying that once you finished the game, <clears throat> it just stayed on your site and really nothing happened for about seven or eight months?
1: I got a few links from uh, a lot of the Google Maps blogs. because I'd, 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 I'd done a minor multiplayer Google Maps game before, okay. but that had a, lot, had a lot of technical issues. I was trying to run it off a shared host, and it really it wasn't up to, uh, up to what was needed. Um, So while I got got a few links off that, and all I did is I I simply got rid of that game because the the tech back end had started to break down, and I thought I'll get rid of that. I'll replace it with this, and so a few Google Maps blogs linked to me, and that got a few links in. But it wasn't—it wasn't until basically a Spanish porn site came along (laughs) that that any of this became popular. Okay, so
0: you, um, so you know, it gets picked up by the German newspaper. Then, then what Mm -hmm. happens?
1: Oh. And then it just seems to get linked around uh, the web, mainly Europe, um, mainly in languages I don't understand. Uh, oh. There's apparently a lovely write-up uh, written in Hebrew somewhere, but obviously that's um, that's completely unintelligible to me. Okay. I, I really wish I did speak other languages, it would make my life so much easier. One thing I did do, though, uh, sorry, one thing I did do sure. um, was add a language detection function and rudiment, uh, do a sort of rudimentary translation of the basic instructions so now if, if someone from spain uh, does come along they they do get spanish instructions which is quite nice to do it's a horrible horrible hack in javascript but i was able to put it in in 10 minutes or so
0: okay um you know what speaking of javascript what were the technical challenges to get this game done i mean was it oh, mainly just God. javascript or two two
1: words uh, internet explorer okay it really it really is internet explorer and um I don't know if you do any web development uh, yeah. but if you've ever tried to get anything kind of ajaxy working in IE it's a nightmare. Um, I get it, I get something working in Firefox and working in Opera and working in Safari perfectly laid out and you test it on Internet Explorer and it just fail. And there's a number of minor workarounds in the code and hacks that have just had to be put in. I mean, I should point out, I'm, I'm not the world's greatest JavaScript programmer. This this game owes a hell of a lot to Google putting together a fantastic API for Google Maps. Couldn't have done it without them. Um, but in the end, it's, it's the same as doing any other kind of web development. It's different from game development, because you're working with an API and you're working with JavaScript calls. So a lot of the time, the, I wasn't working on game logic. I was just trying to get the bloody thing to work in IE.
0: Did you ever think of trying to use Flash or, you know, using the Yahoo Maps API and using Flash and then just building the game on top of that?
1: I never thought of doing that because um, I'm more... Well, for me, uh, JavaScript and Google Maps is like my home turf. Okay. Uh, I've, I've developed stuff for that before. I've done all sorts of things like that. I would have had to have started from scratch with a new API, and I wouldn't have known if it had the capabilities I needed.
0: Okay. Um you mentioned a uh, multiplayer Google Maps game beforehand. Can you talk a little mm. about that and what inspired that
1: uh that was called tripods uh, and it was basically uh, i think it was I think it was originally going from War of the Worlds or something like that i had I had three legged Google Maps markers attacking manhattan um <laughs> and you had a little little green marker that you could give commands north south east west, and fire uh which was which was good but at the time I was using the version one. API of Google Maps, which was many, many years ago. I'll say many. In in internet time, many, many years ago. And um, it just wasn't up to it. There wasn't a move marker command in that. So every time, the marker had to be deleted and replaced, which meant you had a one frame a second update rate. And as well as that, uh, the API calls uh, to the server and the game commands to the server meant that you could issue a command, perhaps once every two seconds. So it's really, really slow, really, really laggy. And JavaScript, because it's a multiplayer game, you have to completely, utterly distrust the client. So all the calculations about um, how the game was doing had to be done on the server side. Okay. And that, that's a nightmare. When in my case you're running on a shared web host, <laughs> it was it was this horrible, horrible hack together combination of PHP and JavaScript and um, other awful, awful bits of technology that should never be made to work together. And it did work, and it worked for about uh, three months. And then Google came out with a version 2 of the API, completely deprecated the old one. I would have had to rewrite it from scratch, and even then it would have had the same problems. I just thought, no, I'm going to replace this. There's going to be a much better game, and multiplayer just isn't possible right now. It would be possible if it did some kind of turn-based play-by-email thing, but I think some other people have uh, have stepped in before me on that one.
0: Okay, um. So going back to the, <coughs> the racing game, you know, once mm. it started taking off, did you start thinking that you might make another racing game, or you might actually try to, um, make money off of it? Uh, what, what, what were your thoughts at that point?
1: It's finding the time to do it that's the trouble. I'm I'm one of these people that isn't. Um... I'm sure there's a psychological term for it or something. I'm a complete finisher. That's it. I'm I'm not a complete finisher, and there'll be about a dozen people listening who who are just nodding and understanding what I mean by that. Um, I have a tendency to do new projects in this burst of massive enthusiasm, and then when they're in an acceptable form, just kind of put them out there and see what the reaction is. Um, that said, there is actually some progress on this. While um, while the game itself hasn't been updated in a while, and I think it's it's going to be perpetually in beta, like a lot of things. Um, I got uh, I got an email a few months ago from a French uh, French web development company who were wanting to advertise perfume, which is not a natural match for a JavaScript based web game. <laughs> um, but what they had was this uh, this list of ten thousand of their clients, and they had names, addresses. And from that you can work out their ge- you can um, geocode their location
0: sure.
1: from a date from a database they had you could geolocate their closest store that sold this perfume and so they came out and and with a bit with help from me and uh, they, they licensed the game I created a bit of a new version for them and what they did is they emailed out to 10,000 people a personalized version of this game that went from their own home to their closest store uh, oh. so I I utterly utterly sold out uh but frankly it paid my rent for the next couple of months so i'm not going to complain sure and
0: and did you know how that campaign worked um did people like the novelty of the idea
1: or from what i've been told um it went very very well uh certainly they've said they'd love to work with me again so i don't think there are any complaints awesome
0: um have you thought of making any other uh google maps games then in the future
1: I haven't come up with a killer idea yet. Um, and what will happen, possibly off, the ba- possibly off the back of this interview, because you've now got my mind in the kind of, in the kind of place where it's making those connections it needs to. If something comes along, um, I may well think of, think of that. There was a wonderful idea someone came up with where you had to um, identify satellite photos on a non-satellite map. So okay. you'd get this, this kind of vaguely, um, vaguely recognisable bit of coastline or something like that, and you'd have to drag the, the other map of the world close enough to it that's a great idea it doesn't have to be an action game or something like that yeah. it can just be some kind of uh some kind of thing that uses the api and much that I'd, I'd love to i can't force ideas i've never been able to the chances are I'll, I'll be in the shower at some point and inspiration will strike and uh i'll be coding it the next day trouble is i've got a nine to five job now which is really annoying it really puts a crimp in your style for this kind of stuff <laughs> um yeah uh
0: you know, you were mentioning that the games don't have to be action-based or whatever. But are you th- are you then thinking of maybe something that's more multiplayer? That's you know more maybe possibly strategy-based or even a map. I'd,
1: lo- I'd love to do something like that. Someone has, I'm sure, someone has done Google Maps Risk. There's probably a couple of versions oh, yeah, of that yeah. out there, and that's of course a really nice one to do because you can do multiplayer when when the lag is anything up well anything from five seconds to five days then doing multiplayer like that is is fantastic. It's really, really difficult to make a multiplayer web game in JavaScript, um, simply because it's... (laughs) It's not set up for it. It's so not set up for it. And there are, there are possible ways to do it. There are, there's uh, Comet, there's uh, live connections to the server. You could even, if you really wanted to play about with it, um, go for some kind of uh, Flash communication server or whatever the replacement for that was. But at that point, you might as well just design the damn thing in Flash. Yeah, Exactly. Um, I mean, the, the advantage of Real World Racer is it that it has that novelty value. That's the only thing that's selling it, to be honest. Apart, apart from that, it's a very, very rudimentary game. But it's the novelty value of playing something like this on such a a work-like, business-like interface. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: are you thinking of – well, aside from Google Maps games, are there any other types of games that you're working on? uh
1: the, the one I'm working on at the minute is a video game. I just realised how silly that sounds when I say it. It's a game involving video. Um, and it's kind of, a, kind of a throwback to the old um, CDI games, where you'd have a video sequence and uh, click on a certain area of the screen, or push to one side, or push a button at the right time, something like that. Um, which is a nice thing to go back to, because you've got, finally, broadband speeds in, in enough places in the world that you can do streaming video. Um, I think that's a that's a great way to progress at the minute,
0: and and so when is this game going to be out? And how's the development going?
1: I'm trying to launch new things every Wednesday at the minute. So a lot of the things oh, okay. I'm, I'm doing are just are just quick ideas. It'll probably be in a few Wednesdays' time. So whether it's a video or a game or or something like that, I, I try and try and put it up. Um, I was just thinking this. There's, um, there's actually a. a wonderful kind of genre emerging on youtube at the minute you know youtube's added video annotations
0: yeah exactly
1: you can put those little those little boxes up that that pop up and do these things there's an entire series of kind of choose your own adventure games popping up on youtube from people who've, who have filmed them and then use the annotations as link boxes so it will say click here to go to this part click here to go to this thing and it's just this branched small branching choose your own adventure that's that's evolved out of technology that was never designed to do this, and it's a yeah. fantastic way of doing it.
0: So, so you're saying that people can put in these annotations, and when you click on them, it'll go to a different
1: part of the video,
0: or yeah, it won't, it won't oh,
1: no. go to a different part of the video. It'll go to an entirely different upload. So, oh, okay. what they have that's to do cool. is upload all the videos and then add the annotations that really jump between them all. And that the, there are people putting days and days of effort to use to use this. If you know that's a great what we need is a platform for this. If someone could pull together some kind of interactive gaming platform where you upload the video, you select the the area to click and it goes to this section of the video. That that'd actually be a really good way to get these things up that um that wouldn't require YouTube. But of course by doing that you you're away from YouTube, you get one tenth of the hits, you know. You yeah, exactly. you pay your money, you take your choice. Um See yeah. that's what I mean that that's an idea sparked off just by talking to someone but the yeah, most exactly. important thing you can do is keep chucking ideas back and forth at people and and these these things will spread out of it it's It's brilliant
0: yeah, the games that you mention are very different than the traditional games you know that people are used to uh I mean do you mainly play traditional games or do you like to play some of these like new media type games or emerging gaming genres?
1: Oh, I wish I had time to play computer games <laughs> With everything else I'm doing at the minute, I very very rarely get time to play stuff. And when I do, it tends to be really quick, casual flash games. Um, I've never really had the patience for things like Civilization. And I know a few people who've been um, who who found an old copy of uh, SimCity 2000 recently. And there there are there are people I know who are carefully, meticulously building up cities and 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 then, admittedly, chucking tornadoes at them. But. I've never had the patience for that. I've always been one of these people who wants to uh, go in, kill something, uh, ideally something controlled by another player on the other side of the world, and then get out about five minutes later having to de-stress for a while and going on to do something else.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of Flash games that you play, are there any specific Flash games that you play online that you find really addictive? Or is it just any kind of Flash game that's, that just uh, takes It'll up be. a little time?
1: It'll be generally whatever pops up in my RSS feeds. It'll be, I'll, I'll just kind of flag it for, for having a look at later. Um, that said, what have, what have I been playing lately? I'm certain there was, there was some game that really startled me, but I've now entirely forgotten what it is, which uh, is not particularly useful for this interview, so never oh, mind. Sure.
0: No biggie. Um, <laughs> so, have you played any of those YouTube games that you mentioned? Um,
1: I've never played through them, because um, I I think I... The trouble was, the reason I found out about it was I jumped to a related video, and it happened to be in the middle of one of these. That was it. It was, it was a magic trick. Someone was doing the old um, magic trick. They used, there used to be a, a web page, I think it was somewhere on um, Snopes.com or something like this. You'd be presented with a choice of six playing cards, okay. and it, it would say, pick one of the cards... Uh, and I will magically remove it. Uh, remove it. So you wouldn't actually click on the card. You, you know, you'd have six cards. Sure. You'd say, okay, go to the next page. And hey, presto, the card you chose would have magically disappeared. Now, actually, what they did is because all the cards were picture cards. What they did is they just changed them. Changed the six picture cards for five entirely different picture cards. So no matter which one you chose, uh, that one would have gone. Uh, fools a hell of a lot of people, uh, uh, surprisingly. Um, but what what they did is they jazzed this up with video. They Uh, Put six cards out in front of the player I'm actually doing the hand gestures as as I do this Which is utterly useless for this interview as well Um, They put six cards out With a camera pointed down at them And said click on one And the six video annotation boxes come up And say click one of these All six of them link to exactly the same video but in the in the page refresh and loading time, your brain doesn't keep track of the five cards that you didn't choose. So all five cards change, and hey presto, uh, they're they're psychic.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Um, do you see aside from YouTube and Google Maps? Um, I mean, do you see any other spaces where you think you can? There's there's a potential for gaming, you know, to mix traditional gameplay or even just gameplay with some of this, like you know, information or
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Nearly anything that has an API can be turned into a game. Um, I realise as soon as I said this, there are like three or four examples that can't. But, um, uh, OK, take take an example, the Flickr API. I know sure. people have come up with Flickr games, um, which I think is normally something like, guess what, this photo is tagged, or something like oh, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, which is which is great. I and mean, You just take the API, you make a game out of it. I'm sure there's got to be a... OK, here's an idea off the top of my head. Someone can go and build this, because I'm not going to have time to. Uh, the Twitter API. You can use um, Summise, uh, which is now search.twitter.com, um, and what it tells you every uh, every day is the currently trending topics. Here, here's an idea. So, actually, I might build this myself if I have time. Um, guess what the what the next trending topics are. Spot them before anyone else does. So you you register on the site. You end, cool. uh, and as in fact you can even use that as the Twitter API. You send direct messages to a certain username, it logs your guesses and the time, and then if that shows up in the trending topics, uh, it gives you uh, more points the earlier you spotted the trend. How's that sound? Sounds good. There you go. And then, you, and then you've got a, a player ranking list based on actual Twitter IDs. So in, immediately you've got the user base there. You don't have to get people to register, you can just use their existing Twitter accounts. Yeah. So immediately you've, you've got the user base, you've got the interactivity, you've got a scoring system that can't easily be cheated because people tend to stick to one Twitter account. And I, Actually, that's a great idea. I may well go and build that now.
0: Yeah. Have you, have you looked at other SMS games or using SMS to make uh, interesting games?
1: Um, there was someone at BarCamp conference I went to. I'm trying to remember the name of the the name of his company. Uh, I think. So you're going to hear me typing now because my microphone is actually built into my laptop. Sure. There we go. Um, there we go. It was M uh M G A M I. Okay. And what they're trying to do is is create a platform for games like this. Oh. Uh, they're out of out of Sheffield in in the UK. And they're trying to create a platform for mobile applications, like alternate reality games, like things like that, so that people who aren't necessarily who are trying to set up games like this but aren't necessarily wanting to invest in all the hardware yeah, exactly. can just come along, come along and use their API to run short games. And that's that's a fantastic idea. I I love the idea of of social gaming, of iPhone games, of things like that. But the trouble is, it's really really expensive to run. If if you want to do a location check on a phone in the UK. I think it's something like twenty, thirty pence a check. Yeah. Uh, so, no, that's, so that is
0: the main issue with SMS. Is that mm. in fact I don't even does Twitter even work in the UK now? I, I thought
1: No, it, the, it doesn't. Like, I mean, okay. you guys in America, um, you pay uh, to receive text messages, or, or yeah. it's included in your plan. Send, send and receive is included in your plan. Uh, you've, you can even, I think, on some networks, send emails. And what a lot of American developers don't realise is that in the UK, the entire phone network is based on caller pays. Oh, so um, okay. you will find that uh, if you're calling from a landline, it will cost you more to call a mobile. Um, sorry, uh, call a cell phone. And we have entirely separate area codes for cell phone numbers, so you know what the what the number you're calling is going to cost. Um, all, and all that system is great, but it means that if you're sending out an SMS to... A thousand people in the UK. Um, regardless of, of if you send if you send the absolute cheapest way possible, a thousand text messages are gonna cost you roughly forty pounds or about yeah. twenty five, thirty dollars. Yeah, and really if cool. you've got to send out a hundred of those for the game, well that's that's a three thousand dollar budget gone. I think my mantle arithmetic. No, that's 30000 thirty thousand. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it a thirty thousand dollar budget does. Does. needed.
0: Yeah.
1: It really does.
0: Um, well you talked about iPhone games, um, Have you played any iPhone games
1: recently? I don't actually actually own an iPhone. I still have a a really five or six-year-old brick of a phone that does nothing apart from calls and text messages, uh, simply because I I tend to abuse technology like that that's in my pocket. Uh, My phone phone has been dropped at about 20 miles an hour onto concrete, and I would love to see an iPhone survive that. (laughs) Um, So I don't have one. I know a couple of people who do. I think the idea of having 3G and Edge everywhere really opens some really, really fascinating possibilities. Um, the idea that you can uh, log on to a game whenever you want. Obviously, the iPhone doesn't have... Um, I was going to say... God, that's, that shows that shows how old I'm getting. I was going to say the iPhone doesn't have Terminate and Stay Resident programmes, which is an old, old term from about DOS 4, I think, something like that. God, that makes me sound old. Okay, um... <laughs> Because you can only run apps in the foreground, it would be that you would have to explicitly oh, yeah. log on to the game. But that's a great idea. Imagine if you're, in a city in, if you're in a city like London or New York, you log on to this game, and immediately reports by 3G where you are, and it says, right, find this player near you, exchange this password, go to this place. It'd be a fantastic way of doing this, and I'm sure, I'm absolutely certain that some corporate sponsor... Is gonna come in in the next few months and release something like this. It's just a case of whoever gets there first.
0: Um, so, do you? So, what's in store then for the next, uh, you know, three to six months in terms of development? Uh, do you have any specific plans, or are you going to do your your weekly Wednesday release? Or
1: yeah, I I never have any specific plans. Um, other than I'm going to try and put something out every Wednesday. The trouble is, um, the job I've got. Um, the backstory is somewhere on my website. I I accidentally got elected as student union president uh, in York, sure. which means I have a job that goes from anything from nine to five to eight until eight, which means I don't really have much time for development anymore, uh, or for editing video, or for doing any of the other things I do. I am desperately trying to fit in as as much as I can, and all I can say is that I'll get, as soon as the idea strikes, I'll build it. In fact, I may well spend a few hours tonight. Trying to code together that damn Twitter game, and if I do, uh, when's this podcast being released, by the way?
0: Um, probably in about a week or something.
1: <laughs> okay, or uh, if it's I'll do it um, after
0: the next Wednesday, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, in that case, um, have a look. But one of two things will get released uh, next Wednesday. It will either uh, be that, or it may be me trying to see if I can um, climb across, climb along a wall using nothing but duct tape. Okay, it's going to be one or the two. One, one or the other sounds good um do you have any advice
0: or suggestions then for other indie game developers out there who want to you know make some of these emerging genre games
1: um yeah i I guess it's not particularly positive advice uh when you first hear it but it's it's the kind of thing that's helped me through um if you spend 10 pounds on your game oh sorry if you spend 10 bucks on your game whatever it's likely to fail and that's simply because there's so many people chucking so many ideas out onto the internet that, that you're likely to get lost or someone else will have got there beforehand or the public just won't be interested. There are a million people chucking a million ideas a day at the internet and most of them, just, just by the laws of probability, are doomed to fail. But if you spend a million pounds on a game, it's still likely to fail and and this is what this is what big companies uh don't get about the web it's that um the odds of of a million pound project succeeding aren't much greater than the odds of a 10 pa- of a 10 pound 10 dollar project succeeding simply because of of that same um same weight of numbers you don't know what's going to capture the public's imagination i, I used to think I used to think that, uh, that people had a, a magical corporate influence detector and that anything that, that big companies put out on the web was, was, was going to fail simply because people could detect it, that, it was, that it was corporate. And it's not the case, it's just the fact that corporate games are outnumbered so, so greatly by the millions of people putting ideas out there that the odds are that the million-pound games are going to fail just as much as the ten-pound ones. <laughs> So the, so the advice I have is don't worry about it. The, chuck out as many ideas as you can. The only way to improve your odds is not to spend uh, a year of your life working on that one perfect project. Put out a quick version of it, and if it's successful, spend the time and the budget on that. And if it isn't successful, chuck out the next idea instead. The, the, big, thing the big bit of advice I always have is put as many ideas out as fast as possible. Be in as many places and as many times as you can and then maybe one of them will be the right place and the right time. Cool.
0: Uh, we're talking with Tom, uh, the developer of the real-world racer game for Google Maps. Uh, thanks again for your time. Thank you very much.
1: Can you give the website a quick plug? Absolutely. Uh, what, what is the site and what's the URL? <laughs> it, it is tomscott.com. Uh, T. Okay. And there'll be thanks a link, very much. There will be a link to the game right there. Yeah, of course. Sounds
0: good. Uh, thank you very much.
1: Take care. Thank you very much. It's It's been great being on here. Have a good night. Yep.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.